You know, we, we was talking this week, uh, Pastor Steve and I, and I, I, I finally told Steve, I said, you know what? Do not trust anyone, not one single person except Jesus, not one. And so that's, that's the only one we can truly trust is, is the Lord Jesus. Now, there is a lot of stuff going on. Can, can I hear an amen? amen. Yeehaw, I mean, batten down the hatches, tighten up your cinch, Katie bar the door, whatever genre of lifestyle you're in, you better be ready, right? Be ready. Um, things are happening. We looked at uh, Genesis chapter 21 through verse uh, 11 last week. And, and it's interesting, right? We, we were talking about Isaac and Ishmael, right? Isaac being Israel. Ishmael are the Arab people, right? And the, as you look back, they've been fighting for a long time. And, and uh, man, the firestorm in Israel right now is between who? Isaac and Ishmael the one that we're learning about here. So we're gonna, we're gonna go through this. I'm gonna kind of maybe touch on some things uh, that, are, that are current, um, but uh, it is fascinating to me that here we are in a book that was written over 3,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, and the front page of every news outlet in the world is profiling the two men that we're looking at in this chapter of the Bible. Genesis chapter 21, absolutely incredible, right? So that's what sets the Bible apart from any other holy writ is that it tells the future before it happens. No other, no other book does that. The word of God is alive and it's sharp and it's there to direct you and I and, and how we live our lives and how we think and how we treat each other. And so um, this, is, this is some pretty good stuff, even though it was written so long ago. So before I get into it, we need to pray, all right? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. Lord, we do, as, as Pastor Steve said, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We lift up the people of Israel. Lord, we lift up the Arab people that are confused, Lord. They're, they're murderous in their hearts and they, they don't even know why. Lord, but you're able to save uh, to the uttermost anyone who would turn to you. And Lord, I even feel like there's some in this room today that need to turn to Jesus, that they need to have peace in their hearts, even when they see the things going on in the earth that confuse them and, and create fear and anxiety. Lord, you've come to give us peace, even in the midst of tribulation and trial. And so, Father, we thank you for that and ask that by your Holy Spirit that you would minister to our hearts, Lord. I know I need mine ministered to. And um, Lord, if you don't uh, do something in our lives, Lord, we're hopeless and helpless without our God. And so would you come and, and be our unseen guest here by your Holy Spirit, taking your word that we look at uh, this morning and Lord, just as, as sharp arrows, Lord, or as a surgeon's scalpel cut into our heart and make an impression on us, Lord, that is from heaven. And so we pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. So we left last time with the little family skirmish, right? When, when uh, Sarah, the free woman, saw her little baby boy, Isaac, being picked on by his 16, 17-year-old brother. And, and people says, well, now what 17-year-old would do that? Have you been in families? I don't care if there's a 20-year gap. If they're siblings, they fight, right? 18-month-old and a 20-year-old. They just flat get down and dirty, right? It's just, it's just true. And uh, it, it has always amazed me that we can actually have murder in our heart for the ones that we love the most. And um, I've seen it. I've seen it with siblings. I've seen it with husbands and wives. I've seen it. I've 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 seen it with employers and employees. I mean, you you just see it. We are these fallen creatures. That's why you can't trust anybody but Jesus. And it's just a true true story. So they're having this skirmish, and and Sarah tells she's hot, 
And she tells Abraham, get them out of here. Now, you remember, it was the last uh, little part we read. And this matter was very displeasing, verse 11, to Abraham because, uh, see, displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son, because of Ishmael. This son's 17 and he's a punk. Anybody ever ha here had a 17-year-old punk in their house? I've had, I've had several of them, actually. Several 17-year-old punks. And, uh, you know, it's funny, though. You love them. It doesn't matter what they do. You just love them. If my punk 17-year-old, he ain't 17 no more. He's not quite as much as a punk as they used to be. But if they were mass murderers, they're my son. I love them. Dude, should they should suffer punishment for what they did? Absolutely, they should. But I love them. That doesn't negate judgment, right? Abraham loves Ishmael. It's, he's his son. In fact, around the world, when you see those religions, the, the Jew, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, we all claim Abraham as our father. You and I do it because we're people of faith, and he's our father of faith, right? The Jews and the Muslims do it because he is their literal father. Great, great, great grandpa Abraham. They all herald and champion Abraham. Those two guys fighting over in Israel right now, they, Abraham is their father. They're brothers fighting, basically. And so, um, and it started right here. This is where it all started, was right here. And so in verse 12, we'll read 12 and 13, it says, But God said to Hammer, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad, or because of your bondwomen, whomever Sarah Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yet I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. And God's saying, Abraham, don't let this be displeasing in your sight. I've got this. It's going to work out, right? Just make sure you got to kick Hagar and Ishmael out. You got to do it. And he's like me. He doesn't want to. I wouldn't want to. And um, it, notice it says, uh, your son or the bondwoman. Maybe he had a little thing for Hagar. We don't know. It doesn't, doesn't seem like they were intimate after, after uh, Ishmael. It doesn't, doesn't uh, we don't see that in the scripture. But, but he is struggling with putting him away. But is, notice what she says. She says, for in Isaac your seed shall be called. That's what the Lord said. So listen to Sarah. A lot of husbands don't like this verse. Abraham, listen to Sarah. Listen to your wife. And, uh, you know, people just don't like it. They don't like the idea. But I got to listen to my wife. My wife scares me. Right? The Bible says to dwell with them with understanding. Uh, but I don't understand her, right? And so, um, but we need to listen to our lives, man. Does that mean we do everything they say? Because I mean, sometimes my wife can throw these word salads at me that I mean, there's so many things coming at me. I'm just going, no, I, I can't do all that. And, um, but they don't necessarily want you to do something, guys. They want you to listen to them, Amen. Right? They want to know that you hear them. If I had a nickel for every time my wife said to me, you are not listening to me, I, I would have a nice 401k. <laughs> so listen to your wife, right? You mean, I okay, here we go. I take kids through this all the time and this just needs to be a little refresher for us here uh, this morning in Ephesians chapter five. That's where you get this whole thing about wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives. But I like the verses before and then what it finishes with. So it's between verses 18 and 21. And it says, therefore, <clears throat> excuse me, 17 and 21. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. 
speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. And then after that, it goes on, right? It goes, wives submit to your husbands, husbands love your wives. It says here, submitting one to another. You mean husbands have to submit to their wives? Yeah, where does it say that? Husbands submit to your, it says husbands love your wives. To love your wife is submitting to her, right? Because a lot of guys, they tell their wife, yeah, I told her I loved her when I married her and if it ever changes, I'll let her know. But loving your wife, letting your wife know that you love her. You also have to let yourself know that you love her right? You talk to yourself about your wife. You ever talk to yourself about your wife? Man, I'm telling you, it is, it's a secret weapon, right? You talk to yourself about your wife. This guy's got you need to love that woman. I mean, really love her with all your heart. I mean, I've been married to my Connie for going on 37 years now, and she still makes my heart go pitter-patter. Right, just like this. And I pray for her. I, I, I talk to myself about her. I remind myself how much I love her, how much of a treasure she is to me, and she is. And even when I don't feel that way sometimes, I have convinced myself, right? Because you know, you know the feelings we have. We want to kill each other sometimes. If I could just get them out of the way, life would be so much easier, right? This, I mean, yeah, you see it all the time in the news. Women calling hit jobs on their husbands, men calling hit jobs on their wives, right? It's just, we're terrible. But listen, I'm telling you, if you do it God's way, like the Lord's talking to Abraham here, listen to your wife, husbands love your wives, women respect your husband, give him the respect that is due, Right? I don't have time to go into 1 Corinthians where it's got the, the headship, right? The head of, the, of, of Christ is God. The head of uh, the man is Christ, right? And the head of the woman is man. And man was created, woman was created for man, not man for woman. There's a headship. There's an authority there that God has laid out. If we do it his way, I'm just telling you, it works. So Abe... Him and Sarah had had some history together, so he listens to her, right? He listens, and he, he submits to her. Skip Heitzig said there's, there's a five-fold submission that we see in God's word, right? Um, we see wives submitting to their husbands. We see in husbands submitting to their wives. We see children obeying uh, their parents. We ser see servants obeying their, their masters or their employers. And then lastly, and most importantly, all of the above need to submit to God. Everybody is in a place of submission, right? Nobody escapes it. You never escape submission. It is the most freeing lifestyle there is, a lifestyle of submission. It sets you free. So many women I've talked to get all fuzzed up when I talk about women submitting to their husbands. Don't you realize the freedom that that gives you girls? You can blame everything on him. <laughs> that is some serious freedom, right? And yet, people dig in their heels and scratch and claw and would rather take their last breath than to submit one to another. But it's... It's a good thing. So Abraham goes through with it, right? Because why? Because Sarah is speaking truth. He will not, Ishmael, inherit the land with Isaac. They're not gonna be co-heirs, joint heirs. They're not gonna do that. It's not gonna happen. And so she's speaking truth. Now, if you have a Bible, turn to Galatians chapter 4 really quick because this 
uh, is kind of laid out for us in a New Testament sense and reveals some things. And it's, it's found in Galatians chapter 4, verses 28 through 31. Verse 28 says, Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise. You and I. Now he's, he, he, he's, he's talking to the church at Galatia. That, that we're, you and I are children of promise. Why? Because we embrace the promised one. Who was the promised one? Jesus. Jesus was the promised Messiah. Promised clear back in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. Right? He was the, the one, the seed of the woman that would crush the serpent's head. And it says, so now we, brethren, as Isaac, are the children of promise. But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. Notice promise and spirit is almost synonymous there in that verse. Uh, and even so it is now. And this is what we see going on over there right now, you guys. This is what we see going on. We see the acts of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are the children of Ishmael. Right? The children of Ishmael are the, the Arab Sunni Muslims in Gaza. That's that they are the children of, of Ishmael. Then this morning, this morning there was a skirmish on the Lebanese border. And Hezbollah, Hezbollah is the the Shia Muslim Arabs, descendants of Ishmael, and they're both sent got Israel sandwiched in between them. And uh, what had they last night, what they were calling the head of the snake with both of those groups is Iran. Iran is the one that is funding this, this attack. Where'd they get the money? From us, right? Six billion dollars. Absolutely unbelievable what we're seeing going on. Uh, but, but we're seeing the difference between the flesh and the spirit. So Amir Sarfati, who follows Amir on Telegram? Anybody follow Amir on Telegram? I mean, he's updating stuff almost hourly, what's going on over there. The, 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 the terrorists in Gaza had killed this girl. She was German being at a concert there right by the Gaza border. They took her, kidnapped her, killed her, and then drug her body through the streets of Gaza celebrating what they had done. Lord knows what else they did to the poor girl before they killed her, right? And, and they're celebrating this death. Well, what does the Bible say that flesh produces? Death and corruption. He who sows to the flesh reaps death and corruption. He who sows to the spirit reaps life, right? So, when you contrast these two people groups, now you have the Israelis, right? He shows, he posts another picture of Israeli soldiers. They have like 35 or 40 terrorists laying on the ground, zip tied. They haven't killed one of them. What if, what if one of their family members would have been killed by the terrorist? Don't you think you just want to head shoot them? And his little caption his little caption under those Israeli soldiers holding the, the, the terrorists from Gaza, his little caption is the most moral army and soldiers in the world. They're the most moral army and soldiers in the world. When you look at the nation of Israel, the descendants of Isaac, they are the most, that they have practiced more restraint than ever, any other nation in the world because they could annihilate any nation around them. Israel could. They could annihilate them. They're, these dudes are nuclear. They are the smartest people on the planet, right? The Israelis are. And, and we're seeing an uptick in anti-Semitism. Why is that? Because of darkness. The prince of darkness wants to snuff out the light of Israel. I just looked it up on my wife's phone right before because the, the verse had hit me and at, right before we walked in. Isaiah chapter 42, verse six. Israel is a light to the nations, right? Now, what's bizarre? 
What's bizarre about this, I'm, it sounds like I'm really touting Israel. And I am, because obviously they're God's people. That's who he chose to bring his Messiah through. That's who he chose to send his word to us through. Uh, so bless their hearts, right? But they're sinners just like you and I are. And, and they're no better than, than anyone else. But they are, the Jews are on the cutting edge of AI, artificial intelligence. In fact, they want to be the lead on all the AI in the world. We know where that's going to take us, right? We're already seeing little glimpses of it here with the One World Bank and, and you can be digi totally digital. You can have it on your body. You can have a chip or whatever. They're, they're doing it in Sweden. They're doing it all around the world. The, the whole transhumanism thing is coming at us so fast, right? Some have said that they think now where the Bible says, well, if you take the mark of the beast, you forfeit heaven, you can't go. You can't go to heaven if you take the mark of the beast, because it actually, you are agreeing to be genetically uh, manipulated. There's no place for you in heaven. And it's, yet, it's how we're going. They showed a, blood, a, a line at the blood bank there in Israel. The line was almost a mile long. I'll bet 90, over 90% 90 of the people, all you can see them is doing is this. They're all on their phones. I mean, do they have a life outside of their phone? You don't realize there's war going on in Israel? It's crazy. The flesh, Ishmael, the spirit, Isaac. What are you? Who do you identify with? You identify with the spirit or the flesh? Because you're in one of two camps, right? Paul talks about it in in Acts chapter 26, under the power of Satan or under the power of God? What are you? You're one of the two. You're not neutral. So many people try to tell them they're neutral. You can't be neutral. Jesus said to not be for me is to be against me, right? You're against him. You're on the other side. You're in Gaza. You're the enemy. I don't know if this makes any sense to anybody, but I, I, I was stirred up. I was stirred up this morning. I'm going, Lord, what, what do I share with these people? I don't, I'm stirred up myself. I don't even know what to, am I fearful? No, but I'm stirred up. I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching more intently than I, because I'm usually watching, right? I, I check out a mirror three, four, five times a week, but now it's been three, four, five times a day because um, Jesus told us to, right? He told us to watch. And so these two people groups are such a picture of Galatians chapter four, verses 28 through 31. It goes on um, and says, nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. That's the difference. Oh, I had a little quote from Amir I wanted to share with you guys. He says this, the Islamist terrorists surrounded the hundred of young people. This just came out this morning because the death toll was at 300. Now it's up over six, almost 700, I think. Somebody just told me the death tolls at 700. This, this happened, I think, just late last night. It says the Islamist terrorists surrounded the hundreds of young people who were at a nature party with automatic weapons and opened fire on them from all directions. It was a bloodbath. And so for about 250 bodies of dead Israeli youths have been found. How can it be that Palestinians are still being talked to in the world? Their murderous nature is now understood by the whole world. If they could, they would do the same to all Israelis. That's true, right? And yet God loves those people. You and I should love those people. They're lost. But at the same time, you want to go get a gun and defend Israel. And so that's why we need God to make sense of it all. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give you a full-on open door for judgment? What would it look like if you were in charge? Right? That so scares me because then we're just like them. Right? 
When I get this murderous thought thinking, how could you do that? Steve saw a little, the little badgering of the one boy that Amir posted, this little boy. It's just like, you just wanna, no, no wonder Sarah was so mad. So, Abraham heeds his bride's voice and in verse 14 it says, So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread, a skin of water, putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy and the boy to Hagar and went her way. Then she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water in the skin was used up and she placed the boy under one of the shrubs. And then she went and sat down across from him at a distance of about a bow shot. For she said to herself, let me not see the death of the boy. So she sat opposite him and lifted her voice and wept. This is just heartbreaking. You read this story and you just go, man, this is, this is just terrible. But the thing about it is like these people, you and I forget, right? We forget. Now, um, Abraham seems to be pretty cold here. There's a little bread and water. Get the kid and go. This guy was wealthy. Why wouldn't he stock figs and cakes and, and maybe, maybe some jerky or something on a big donkey and said, hey, okay, I'll get you to Egypt. He doesn't. He gives her water and bread. Why is that? Because he's cold? I don't think so. I think it's because of his faith. It's because of his faith. Because what did the Lord tell him? I'm going to make a nation. I'm going to make a nation out of that boy. That boy's not going to go out in the desert and wither up and, and starve to death or die of thirst. He's not. I am going to make him a great nation. Abraham believed that. It is amazing to me that we read God's word all the time, right? He speaks truth to us. We know we have the victory in Christ Jesus. We know we're going to win. And we wring our hands on our fretful and do some of the stupidest things. Make some of the stupidest decisions. Isn't that so true? It's just like we see things coming and we do it. We're worse than the people who listened to old wise not back in 1988. You guys remember that? It's what, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 88. I've shared it with you before. And the, guy, the author's name was Wise Not. Who would listen to a guy named Wise Not? I'm listening to But he doesn't send a caravan or guards. You would think a woman and a teenage boy, surely they would need some soldiers around. We, we, we read now some of the previous chapters. Abraham's got all kinds of soldiers. No, he believed God. He believed God. It was only about 20 miles to the Egyptian border from where they were. And Abraham's thinking, surely they can make it in a day, but God's going to be with them. And, but how many times Hagar here sees it as hopeless, and how many times do we do that? We just see things, there's just no way out of this. When the Lord's gone, wait a minute. Am I not here? Am I not your God? There's always a way out with God. So, Abraham believed God. He had faith. He could have sent them away with nothing. Uh, God is gonna, God is gonna do what he's gonna do. He's gonna take care of them. Um, but God's gonna do something great in Ishmael's life. He's going to be, it says, a great nation. Now, to me, this is a good word for parents. <laughs> you know, um, parents who sometimes uh, spend a way too much amount of time worrying about their children uh, you worry about your kids uh i think the bible speaks against that right be anxious for nothing that includes your kids uh but especially the children they have de uh, dedicated to the lord you know, you've entrusted your kids to the lord the you know made that commitment had the little baby dedication and everything and you know even people even quote the verse right train up a child in the way he should go and when he grows old he won't depart and yet some parents it would seem want to surround um, their children with a with a caravan their whole life 
when I was disguised at the school for 20 years, the parents that I had the biggest problem with were parents of one child. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, I was so tempted to say, would you go have about four or five more? And then you, and then you kind of back off enough to realize that unless the bone is sticking out, don't worry about them. Pray for him, give him to the Lord. He's going to do what he's going to do. If he takes them home early, he takes them home early. And I mean, the Lord taught me this lesson at very, I almost killed several of my kids. But I had prayed for them. God watched over them. If your kids are running amok, sick the hounds of heaven on them. Sick them. Get on their heels and just torment them. I remember my dad telling me, he said, yeah, he said, uh, he was in his 40s. And uh, he called his mom. He said, mom, I know what you're doing for me. I know you're praying for me. Quit it. Life is miserable. She goes, nope, not going to do it. I'm going to keep a praying. <laughs> I finally had to give up. I mean, people get so wadded up. Well, I can't send them to Sunday school. They'll get sick. Let them get sick for crying out loud. You got to let them build their immune system, right? I mean, we're in Africa. Those little kids, they, I mean, they would be six, seven months old, just barely starting to crawl. They're on the dirt. All the floors are dirt. They're getting their mouth full, right? The studies they've done, they said that Americans, why we have so many allergies is people are too stinking clean. Right? You need to get some of that good bacteria down in your gut so that you can just process about anything you throw that way. I did. I remember being at my grandpa's dairy. We stripped down into our skibbies, right? And out through, out through his cow pen where the cows would come in for the dairy, there was these big, soft, green piles all over. Barefooted, we'd see how many we could run through. And then my grandma would be out there with a hose, a hose this down, you stinking little kids. She didn't say it that nice, but we was building our immune system. <laughs> oh boy. So I mean you can identify I can identify with Hagar. My mom was a single mom. And I can't imagine the way she was under at times with us four kids, you know, just trying to make it and working three or four jobs. And she basically turned us loose. When I was 12 years old, I was turned loose. I could do anything, stay out as late as I want. The only thing she said, she, she'd kind of, she'd threaten me. She was pretty good with the belt, but she threatened me, you better go to school. She just made sure I didn't have curfew, didn't have nothing. And boy, I mean, why I'm not in jail? Well, it's because of Jesus. But, uh, but, but pray for your kids. And she had forgotten. Hagar had forgotten what the Lord had told her, right? And, and here she thinks this kid's gonna, gonna die. I got to share this one quote with you. I heard from Skip Heisick. It was really cool. And it's about being a helicopter parent. Don't try to protect what God is trying to protect. Let me try that again. Don't try to protect what God is trying to direct, right? God is directing your kids. He's, if you're praying for them, they ain't got a chance. They're going to have to give up eventually or be maimed in the process, right? They're, they're, just pray for them. God's going God's to take care uh, of, of, of the kids. But, but she had forgotten what God had told her. When she got pregnant with Ishmael, she, that was, must have been clear out the window because this is what the Lord said clear back in Genesis chapter 16 when he's talking to her. And the angel of the Lord said to her, this is Hagar, behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man. Oh, I'd say, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord, called 
called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are the God who sees. For she said, I have also here seen him who sees me. He said, he's, he's gonna grow up. He's gonna be a wild man. He said, his hand's gonna be up against everybody. It's gonna be against his brothers. And so it is today. We see exactly that happening. And so in verse 17, it says, And God heard the voice of the lad. And then the angel of the Lord called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What ails you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad and hold him with your hand, for I will make him a great nation. And then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the lad a drink. So God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran and his mothers took, took a wife for him from the land of Egypt. So God provides, right? Now, a lot of people don't know. They don't know if this is a, a, was an existing waterway that she just didn't see or that it, God actually provided a supernatural salvation for her and Ishmael. But notice the angel of the Lord heard Ishmael. Ishmael had cried out, but he was speaking to Hagar. And he asked her, the angel of the Lord asked her, hey, what ails you? You've forgotten, didn't you? You've forgotten what God said? His promises, we talked about it last, last week. Don't forget the promises of God. They are to us word who believe, yes and amen. She had forgotten and the Lord reminds her, right? Don't be afraid. We got gotcha. you. It is amazing to me that God can love people like the people that are on both sides of the war there in Israel. And God loves both of them. And he's got a plan for both of them. All they have to do is humble themselves. And I'm thinking sometimes it's even harder for the people in Israel to humble themselves than the people, than the Arabs, because the Arabs, I mean, it's like they struggle for everything. When you go over there, the, the fences between Israel and, and the Palestinian neighborhoods, it's like a third world country with the Palestinians. And you've seen maybe pictures of some of the houses that got hit there in Israel. I mean, they're extravagant, actually. Incredible how God has blessed them. But sometimes that blessing can be a curse if it's not found in the Lord. If you don't recognize what God has given you, even down to the very breath that you breathe, you've lost sight of what's important. Set your mind on things above, right? It says in the scriptures, so uh, she heard the boy, uh, go get him, keep going. Uh, God opens her eyes, shows her the well where life is gonna come from him to them. He becomes an archer, pretty good with a bow, and he marries an Egyptian. Why an Egyptian? Well, because he's half Egyptian. <laughs> that simple, I think, right? So we can't forget what God has said. There's, there's four things that I wanna want to close with. Number one, we can't forget what God has said. Number two, practice a life of submission to the Lord. Number three, let your emotions, let, let not your emotions direct you, but God's word. And last of all, walk by faith. Four things, really simple. First, don't forget what God has said. So last night, when we saw all the stuff going down, um, my friend texted me this scripture I've read it over the years many a time. It's found in Zechariah chapter 12, verses one through three. It says, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding people when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all people. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. And so as you see this stuff happening, what happens in people's hearts that don't know God's word? But they get, people are getting upset right? Jack Hibbs said a little blurb about it. He says, everybody look up. 
right? He says, look up. Now he said this, watch, watch the Pacific Northwest. What? Watch the Pacific Northwest. What's he talking about? He's talking about China, right? He's talking about North Korea. He's talking about Taiwan. He's thinking that possibly we could be a sitting duck here in the Western U.S. I don't know. If, if, they, if this becomes a chain reaction of what's going to happen. He said it could possibly be Isaiah 17 or Ezekiel 38, right? It's kind of looking like it's going that way. I'm going to talk about those tonight at Cowboy Church a little more. So don't forget what God has said. So I can see it. Yeah, we can get stirred up. But we rest in and our joy and our hope and our peace is found in what God has said. We know, right? We know what's going to happen. These things are going to happen. This could just be a skirmish that's going to go away. But I'm telling you, this could be a skirmish that escalates into something much bigger and much more prophetic than what we're seeing right now. So that's why the Bible says watch and remember what I've said, right? Remember what's... Secondly... Practice a life of submission, right? I said, man, it's, it's the best way to go, to be, to be subject to the Lord, to be subject to our bosses, to be, wives submit to husbands, husbands submit to wives, children submit to your parents, right? Be anxious for nothing, it says. Excuse me, I jumped to the gun. Second Samuel, it says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all of those who put their trust in him or submit to him. Give up your right to be right. A life of submission is truly the freest you can be, right? Submit to him. Ask, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's kind of a fearful question, isn't it? Lord, what do you want me to do? thinking, oh no, here it comes. I'm going to have to go to Africa. <laughs> no, just ask him, what do you want me to do? What, what, what could what the Lord do in your home? What was the, what's the Lord going to do at your work? What's the Lord want to do uh, right in your neighborhood? God may want to just do something right where you're at. Usually does, just saying. Practice a life of submission to the Lord. Thirdly, don't let your emotions direct you but the word. The old saying is, right, emotions are a great caboose. They're a terrible engine, right? And that's true. Emotions back here, leave them back there. Um, But do what's right. And it says to be anxious for nothing. This is where I was going with Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be upset about stuff. If you get upset, then you better go to your prayer closet and just get right. Take a deep breath. Cry out to the Lord. He'll calm your heart and keep your mind in Christ Jesus. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. For the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm just guessing, but I know this this thing going on over there is, it's scaring some people, Right? Now, if you're, if you're a person of faith, you shouldn't be scared. Yeah, you might get a little anxious and stuff like that and just calm yourself. But listen, if you're not right with the Lord, if you don't have the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus, residing in your heart, you should be scared. You should be really scared. And I pray that the fear of the Lord drives you to that place of wanting him and bowing your knee before him right? Because like I said before, you're in one of two camps. If you're not right with the Lord, you know that. I don't have to tell you that. In fact, the Lord might be knocking on the door of your heart right now. Your heart's going pitter-patter. You feel like it might jump out of your chest because the Lord's speaking to you. Just surrender. Say, okay, here it is. Lord, my life's yours. It's that simple. It's that simple. Don't let your emotions direct you, but God's word. And last of all, walk by faith, right? And so, so many people don't know how to handle something like this. But 
as we walk by faith and we see things like happen, like this happen, it's gonna open doors for us to share our faith, right? When you talk to people, talk to people about the seven-year tribulation, hey, do you know anything about the seven-year tribulation? Never heard of it. Well, let me tell you about it, right? 70th week of Daniel, the, the three and a half years that it's broken up into. What do you know about God's word? You can share this if you're walking by faith, right? Because you see people, they, they get concerned and, and, and ask them, you know, Jesus, he's the Prince of Peace. You know, Jesus is coming. He's gonna, he's gonna fix all this mess because boy, have we made a mess, right? It is such a mess. And Jesus, he, he, do you know about him coming and ruling and reigning? He's gonna rule and reign here on the earth for a thousand years. He says, yeah, right. You can know that you're going to heaven. All these things, when you're walking by faith, you can share them. If not, you're just walking in fear like everybody else. We walk by faith, not by sight, it tells us, right? I love what it says in Revelation chapter 14. This is verses 12 and 13. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here, here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. That's who your faith has to be in. Well, I believe in God. Well, we talked about it last week. Satan believes in God too. Big deal. Who do you believe in and what is his name? I believe in Jesus and his name is Yahshua is salvation, right? That's who you need to believe in. The faith is in Jesus. It's not in a church. It's not in your priest or your bishop or your pastor. Your faith is in Jesus. Jesus died for you. None of them died for you. Jesus is the one who died for you. Is that who your faith is in? If it's not, then put your faith in him today. Simple. Easy. Well, let me back up. Simple, not easy. Right? Because you got to get past your own stinking rotten pride to do it. Verse 13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. When you walk by faith, you have no fear of death, right? The fear of death is gone. It's kind of like my friend Keith. I went to his funeral here a couple days ago. Just totally confident, ready to roll, ready to roll with Jesus. And he did. Gracie, and she did. Wilbur, and he did. I talked to Wilbur, had a conversation with Wilbur five minutes before he took his last breath, right? It's just like, wow, Lord, this is really cool. I wanted to die like these guys die, right? Totally in faith, not worried about anything. I'm gonna close with a quote because I think we're, yeah. I'm gonna close with a quote that I heard this week. I love it. It says, living by faith in God or Jesus is sort of like jumping out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. If God doesn't catch you, you'll splatter on the ground. But how will you know? He will catch you unless you jump. Right? Maybe somebody's ready to jump. I'm gonna, I'll say it again. Living by faith in Jesus is sort of like jumping out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. If God doesn't catch you, you'll splatter on the ground. But how will you know if God will catch you unless you jump? Right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Lord, you, uh, you've called us to a life of faith, believing in you, believing what you said, that truly your word is a light. And so, Father, I just pray right now that if there's anyone here today that is yet to receive you as Lord and Savior, God, that they would say, yes, here am I, Lord. As the thief said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. As we're just in an attitude of prayer and you've never, just by faith, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I just want to give you that opportunity and do it right now. You can just show me you want to do that by raising your hand and I'll pray with you. If you've never done that, you say, man, I need this in my life. If that's you and you've never done that, raise your hand up and I want to pray with you.
nothing you've done that God can't forgive you for. Nobody's good enough to where they don't need Jesus. That would be saying there's another way and there's not another way. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, Jesus, that you give us hope even in this crazy world we're living in with bombs going off, earthquakes around the world, flooding like we've never seen before. And you tell us that these are birth pains. They're just like a woman in labor, Lord, that they become closer together and more frequent and more intense. And we're seeing it. Lord, would you help us to lift our head up in these days as we look to you? Lord, would you give us a, a sense, Lord, that You've got that calling on our lives. You've got specific things for us to do as your people. Specific witnesses to be in our lives, Lord, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. And Lord, I pray that you'd give us a boldness maybe that we've never had before. You'd fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear. Forgive us, Lord, where we truly have fallen short of your glory. I know I have. And so, Lord, we, we love you, we praise you, we invite you to direct our lives this week. Lord, even this afternoon, Lord, that you'd go before us, that you would teach us your way. Lord, we, again, we lift up uh, the Israeli families that are missing loved ones. They don't even know what's happened to them yet. No doubt the turmoil and the agony their hearts are in. And just as Hagar was wringing her hands, worrying about watching her son die, you met him right there. Would you meet these families? and show yourself strong towards them as they look to you. God, for the Arabs, I pray that you would convict them. Lord, that you would convict some of the men that are doing these things that are so hideous. Lord, it just seems like it's, it's out of a horror book. And yet you're able to redeem them also. So Lord, we love you. We praise you today. And we want to worship you. Help us to walk by faith. In Jesus' name, amen.